In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Passion. We all know what that means, or at least we should. For today is Palm Sunday when we begin our journey in the final week of Lent to the Pascha, the Passion of Jesus Christ. A number of years ago, the world learned what passion was, the passion of the Christ, and knew that it was about suffering and death, that the passion of the Christ was his passion for a world that he loved so much that he was willing to give up his life for it. Jesus expressed this very passion when he tells Philip and Andrew and all the Greeks that he must be lifted up on the tree to draw all men to himself. And when those Greeks came to Philip and Andrew wishing to see Jesus, they had no idea that it would be through a tree that their death would be overcome. But Jesus tells them the real reason why they want to see him. The hour has come, said Jesus, for the Son of Man to be glorified. And Jesus could not be glorified until he did the Father's bidding. Now, now is my soul troubled, he said, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify thy name. And it is a voice from heaven that announces Jesus' glorification. And in explaining how he is to be glorified, Jesus concentrates our attention upon his victory over Satan. Now is the judgment of this world, says Jesus. Now shall the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. And it's the evangelist St. John who tells us what these words mean when he says that Jesus said this to show by what death he was to die. Now what a strange God we have and how contrary to the expectations of this world. To be lifted up on a cross is to be glorified, to be lifted up on the cross in death is to show us what kind of God we really have. That he is a God of life, precisely because he is first a God who dies, who dies on the tree that becomes the tree of life for the world. And Jesus tells us that his death is the means by which he gains life and that his death is the means by which he brings this life to all people. Now Jesus says another very puzzling thing to those Greeks. He says, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. <clears throat> now the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the Garden of Eden, when it was eaten, brought death. And Adam and Eve knew immediately after eating that fruit that they had sinned. And as a result of their sin, they would now have to work and sweat, breaking the ground, planting seeds that would die, and that only in the death of those seeds would there be new fruit 
to replace the fruit of paradise that they had forfeited with their sin. The rhythm of nature is the rhythm of planting and growing, of descent into the ground, and then ascent into the creation with fruit-bearing trees. Now, as the seed of the new creation, Jesus must make the same descent from heaven into our world, into the ground, and then back to heaven again. The creator of all things must come back to his creation. He must become one of us. And so we confess that Jesus is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, and died upon the tree. Like all seeds before him, this lamb who was slain must be buried in the earth. But his death and his burial in the ground is for the life of the world. And on the third day, he begins his ascent back into heaven. When he rises from the dead, Jesus shows us that his resurrection is the first fruits of all who have fallen asleep and that his ascension is our enthronement in heaven with him and all who have died and risen with Christ even now. Now the focal point of the world's story is going to happen this week. In this Holy Week, we see what the entire story of our world is about. That it is a story of the tree of the cross that has now become for us the tree of life. And so our communion liturgy will say in a few moments, on the tree of the cross you gave salvation to mankind, that whence death arose, thence life also might rise again. And that he who by a tree once overcame, likewise by a tree might be overcome. For our world, Jesus' words about the death he must die are considered absolute foolishness. St. Paul got it right when he wrote the Corinthians, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews, and folly to Gentiles. Now what could be more foolish than Jesus telling those Greeks that he who loves his life loses it and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. What you and I must hate about our lives is that we love ourselves too much. Like Adam and Eve, we make ourselves gods, and we fashion in our gardens with our own hands trees that we think will give life. We run here and there, planting and sowing our seeds of death as if they would give life. And we try everything, money, promises, good intentions, creative praise. We try as hard as we can to grow our own tree of life, but none of them give ultimate satisfaction because every one of them fail. We forget 
that in loving our gardens and our own trees, we neglect to look at the tree of life planted outside Jerusalem. To hate one's life in this world so as to keep it for eternal life is to look to Jesus as he is lifted up on the cross. That is what we will do this holy week. For there on the cross, we are drawn to the tree of life in a garden of creation that is made new through blood and death. There we see our lives of hate and rebellion absorbed into the wood of the cross forever. And there we see our death spent out in his sufferings and our life burst forth from the tomb because he has made all things new with his death. Such blessed foolishness that life should come from death that a tree of shame has now become for us a holy cross. The focal point of our lives as servants of Jesus is this tree of the cross that is now the tree of life. For it is there that Jesus served us by giving his life as a ransom for many. To be a servant of Christ means more than simply being busy for the Lord. It means that we are called to follow Jesus even in suffering and death, to be lifted up as he was lifted up, to have a holy passion for helping the world see and interprets its own sufferings through the passion of the Christ. For many who gaze upon that cross, they will fulfill Isaiah's prophecy that Jesus cites at the end of our Gospel lesson. And they will fulfill it because they are afraid of confessing the true faith. What they are afraid of is confessing this passion. They will not see, they will not understand, says Isaiah. They will not be healed by the blood that pours forth from Jesus' wounds to bring wholeness and health to a creation broken by sin. But for you who share this holy passion, who will travel with Jesus to his Pascha this weekend, you who participate and proclaim Christ's suffering and death to a fallen world, you will lift up your eyes and you will see there on the cross your God who spends out his life for you, atoning for your sins through a brutal and violent death. If you want to see what kind of God you have, lift your eyes up and see him on that tree and see there the passion of the Christ. And Jesus promises you that when you do that, he will be with you. He will bring you to a garden of life like this, to a place here where he will feed you from the food of his cross because he is present here with his gifts. Here in this place, he will feed you the holy food of his body broken in death, his blood poured out for the forgiveness of all your sins. And through that food, 
you will be glorified through his holy cross. The goal of his passion has been reached. It is finished. The Son of Man is glorified. His hour has come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.